Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Mohawk Mama Soul. This podcast is especially, essentially for the writing soul. We don't focus on the writing craft. There are plenty of podcasts for that. But here, you are the focus. Your own personhood, not just what you produce. So let's go ahead and get started. Ultimately, you are a soul who writes. Writing is work. Writing is rest. It's your movement in the world, the unique embodiment of your freedom. You are a writer. If you hold yourself accountable, for documenting, witnessing, journaling, educating, blogging, even writing copy. And this opens up others to their freedom, their imagination, their growth, and their healing. And it does so in such a way so that you are able to be generous with your love, with your gifts, with all of who you are so that it will be an expression of your soul care from the inside out. That's what the Mohawk Mama Soul podcast is all about, helping you attend to your writing soul. What we do here is notice, nurture, and embody soul care in a culture of scarcity, noise, and frenzy. And so that is what you're welcomed into. And anything that we are talking about will always come back to three foundational things that you notice in order to nurture, in order to embody, even more earnestly and intentionally. Shalom and welcome to a new day, Soul Sisters. I am Andrea Mohawk Mama, every day of my life, and you are unquestionably who you are every day of your life. And together in this new season, we're going to step aside from all the distractions to get fascinated and focused with what it means to choose to honor and live our full embodied life. Right here is where it is in every moment. No perfection required, shame not nurtured. It's all about the art and activism of soul care. Let's get started. If this is your first time, I want to welcome you in to this soul care campfire and let you know that you are right at home. You are in a place where you already belong. You have nothing to prove, girl. And here's what I want to make sure we do first and foremost. I want us to get our headphones on. I tend to speak low. That's just typically what I do. But it might be easier to hear me if you have your headphones on. But it also can become a sanctuary for you where you kind of put everything else, the noise, to the side. Be ready to be a receptive repository so that you can gather in but then you can release so you want to be a conduit just as much as a repository receive it and then be courageous enough to let go 
Are you ready to gather around this Soul Care Campfire together again? Well, I'm glad you're here because together we're going to rethink and reframe what we think about vocation. You know, what we will do today is come together to discern more viscerally, more clearly about how we just even view what we mean about vocation. It's about letting my life, your life, honestly speak. But first, I want to always remind us that we are dealing with the word nefesh when we are talking about the word soul. So when we are actually gathering around this soul care campfire, so to speak, what we're doing is we're joining one another in solidarity. And we are looking at this Hebraic word and the Hebraic paradigm behind this word nefesh that refers to a living, breathing, physical being. And what I want us to do and embrace is to know that we are a living soul. We don't have a nephesh, we are a nephesh. And in light of that Hebraic thought, we are composed of multiple parts. So here's what I need us always to remember before we go into this time of reframing and rethinking is that the body and all of the various parts of us that are intangible is one. So here's what I want you to remember as we continue. Think of your breath when you think of your spirit. Think of your heart when you think of the seat of your thought. Think of your kidneys when you think of your emotions. Think of your gut when you think of your intuition. And this is the unified you. There's so much more, but what I'm saying is think of the whole person being brought into unity because you are organs and breath. And so with that, let's get into part one of our conversation about vocation. Choose to experience and let go of expectations for why you're here. Expectations can prevent us from seeing what's right in front of us. Our assumptions color what's really there. Sojourner, I want you to practice looking at yourself. Really look at yourself past who you've been told that you are or who you have believed yourself to be or the part you have played, the roles that you play, the masks that you wear. Let's remove them. Let's remove the prejudgment and critique one layer at a time that normally attach themselves to those very things. Whether you're standing or sitting, with or without a mirror, I want you to pause and trace with your hand 
a section of your body, maybe your face, maybe your hand, your arm, your legs, maybe your thighs, maybe your belly, your chest, your shoulder. But what I want you to do is allow your hand to trace your holy temple. Welcome her. Welcome her creator and sustainer. Get a keen sense of your embodiment as you untether yourself and discover aspects of drawing in the closeness of who you are and who you are becoming because of who has created you and designed you. It is difficult at times because when we do not notice due to hurry, busyness, avoidance, the lies or dismissal, we will not be attentive to who we really are. And so that, that is where we want to begin. If you haven't already tuned in to part one, maybe you would do better by pausing part two and heading over to listen to part one. In part one, we began to dig into how vocation is not a job, but requires work. Uh, We also talked about how vocation makes you curious. And in both of those, we dig into some um, aspects that I think really lay a foundation for what we're going to talk about here in part two. So unless you are just fine with going out of sequence, This is a conversation that's building upon one another. And so I just want to give you that little caveat. We're going to continue and we're going to talk about how vocation is a mirror and a gift. Although I did talk a little bit about this on part one, I want to go a little bit further into this whole aspect of image bearing or reflecting the image of the beloved in our vocation. So just so that you are aware, everything that I am discussing is in text form on the blog. And so with that, you have all the show notes. So if you're someone that likes to take copious notes, you don't have to. I mean, you can, but it's all there on the blog. If you're someone that does not like to take notes at all, but you're taking mental, you know, snapshots of what you need to take away, then that is great too. So what I've learned is that an image is formed when light rays leave the source and are reflected from the mirror. So light is the groundwork on which image bearing rests. And it is absolutely a gift to mirror Jesus, the beloved. He is both the source and he is the mirror, but he's also the incarnate image of God. And if we think about that, that's multifacetedness. 
His illuminating love is what brings us to a point of seeing his generosity and his creativity becomes our mirror and our gift when he summons us to speak. So it's as if we stand in front of the mirror of his presence and we then begin to shine forth his light. So in other words, we can think of it like this. Your vocation is about how you choose to reflect your known life into the world because you continue to behold the image of the beloved. And this is something that he longs for. He longs for our vocational participation. And it's not because he lacks anything. Rather, he desires and delights in us. He has given each of us a unique way that we can speak and navigate our voices within our specific families, our friendships, our communities, and in this world. And so we really can take hold of what that essence looks like for us as we have our life speak out of the beauty of the beloved's nature and his nurture through our embodied narrative. Remember, the way I have been really explaining this embodied narrative is that it's about how love clothed himself in a human body to pay us the highest compliment, to bring us back into the pleasure of sacred communion. And so when we look at this, this highest compliment I talk about is because we're given the gift of acting as the physical embodiment of God, love himself. As we continue in this two-part series, I really want to make sure that we understand how essential it is to keep in mind that vocation is about your voice. And it's foundational that we embrace that it calls us all forward. Vocation means a call or a summons. And so it will do that more than we call it to ourselves. And so with that, it becomes a very open like gateway to lead us to some essential ideas about our voice. But because of the one whose voice calls us forth, the one whose voice assures us about our being made in his image, so here are three essential ideas I just want us to begin to, to explore. And I go in more detail on the blog. Number one, the image of God is more than just one aspect of our identity. It is the whole nature of our being within our bodies. This I do want to go into just a little bit. Because the one thing that I want to to really bring home is that this is our wholeness audacity. This is shalom. You know, the beloved is multifaceted in his identity and so are we. And there are so many aspects to our lives. And so when we look at the whole nature of our being, it takes on greater awareness to live anew and we're filled with the love and goodness of Christ, the beloved. 
and acting fully in God's image. And this is the beauty. We reflect the image of love's deep involvement. Hear me when I say this. We reflect the image of love's deep involvement in the depths of our being, in light of our exquisite bodies. So let's show up for love of incarnation and let that guide all else in the way we express our multifaceted identity, his image. This is the embodiment narrative. It is joint participation with the beloved and this becomes a discovery that is ongoing. All right, so number two, the image of God earnestly and irrevocably unites your dignity, worth, and value to that of the beloved. And this is what's beautiful about this dignity, worth, and value. It's, it's intrinsic because it's intrinsic in him. And here is the thing. We can look at this as if we were looking at handmade masterpieces. We are handmade masterpieces by the divine artist, creator. And we reflect him with the handmade things in our lives, whether we put our hands to a relationship or a craft. We can experience the beauty of our handmade places, so to speak. And that is the very human quality of reflecting the divine in all of our imperfections. You know, when you're thinking about handmade things, you think of the inconsistencies or the slight flaws that you'll find. So when we can reframe the way we relate to our imperfect places, we can do so by drawing parallels with handmade items. It's based on a worth that we place on them because of the human dignity found in something handmade. So number three, our relational nature is an aspect of the image of God. There is this eternal relationship of love, and he has created us for relationship with him, with others, and with the creation. And the more we reflect the image of the beloved, the more responsive we will be to connect with him, to others, and to his creation. And so, as we continue, I want us to look at some other aspects of discovery with vocation. Okay, sisters, so before we go on, I want you to know that in light of this discovery, you can actually go deeper in the new Sabbath Rhythms Planner. I've been talking about it, and let me tell you, it's not because I created it but it is because what I have been getting out of it myself. And there's a whole section that goes into the vocation aspect. I call it healing vocation. And so I really um, urge you, just out of curiosity, just click on the link that's in the show notes and just find out for yourself a little bit more about the Sabbath Rhythms Planner. It's actually called the Healing Manifesto Sabbath Rhythms Devotional Planner. 
And what I'd like you to do is just open up yourself to the aspect of something that is a tool that helps you discover more than just your vocation, but discover your rhythms in your vocation. All right. So whether for yourself or someone else, just know that what this tool is, it's just that it's a tool. So you have to actually determine that it's something that is for you and valuable for you as well. So with that, I want to just allow us this opportunity to consider something that can benefit you and enhance you before we go on further digging deeper in today's conversation. And of course, even if you are looking at this from just the standpoint of really um, just curiously wondering, you can always go to the blog because the blog is a text version of the podcast. So there's that. Let's carry on. You know, to let the whole you speak means you'll dare to become a grace witness. You can think of it as your testimony of how grace just keeps showing up in your life to compel you to share how you're always accompanied in life's shadows into the light to be healed, transformed, and known. And this knowing will enlighten the eyes of our heart and invite this kind of further cultivation and investment in our life voice, our vocation. And we do this as we understand communion from the level of our perception. So here's my question. What, if anything, about the way you're developing and nurturing your multifaceted life voice needs to shift in order for you to discover deeper trust assurance, and more courage. How would you answer this statement? And I want you to see how these two really are complementary of one another. These two questions. So here's the second part. I bring a voice of blank into the world. And whether you can answer that now or later, remember, this is a multifaceted life voice. There there is no right or wrong answer, but there can be an answer that you provide that may be a bit impulsive. It may have blind spots, so sit with it. Sit with the question so that what you can do is begin to dig deeper into what may need to shift in order for you to discover that deeper level of trust, assurance, and courage. And so one of the things that I want us to do before we go into meditation is to look at three attributes. Um, These attributes are ones that I want us to nurture for that voice to expand beyond the comfort zone, the familiar zone, or the typical zone that we are in in life. So here's the first one, the attribute of a childlike resolve to engage the beloved Jesus with fascinating wonder. Two, a willing attitude to impress less and reflect what's real, what's true and healing 
at the risk of looking or sounding foolish. Breathe on that one. A repentant heart to humbly and shamelessly embrace the beloved's kindness and turn around from many of life's detour. So those are the three. A childlike resolve, a willing attitude, and a repentant heart. The last thing before our meditation is that I really want us to look at vocation as communion, as a sanctuary of transformation. Because when we allow those attributes, and that's not an exhaustive thing that I just did, it's just looking at these attributes and beginning to allow them to cultivate communion that opens us up to shared living. A shared living, sisters, that helps us engage in a togetherness with the beloved as we marshal the collective beauty, intellect, curiosity, creativity, and grace of other people around us. This is the richness of communion. It is what continues to attune and align our deepest desires with God's desires. But (laughs) you must let your voice learn to trust the voice of the beloved. His voice will always, always call you into the rhythms of true freedom. So in all of this, perfection is not required and shame is not nurtured. And I say Shame is not nurtured because it may show up, but it doesn't mean we have to begin to bring it in and welcome it. It means that we get curious enough to ask the questions that can allow us to be unburdened by it. And the same thing with perfection. And so when it comes down to it, perfection is not required because everything about who we are, imperfections and all, are welcomed. They are a part of what gives that human handmade dignity, and that's valuable. And so let's go into paying attention to our breath. Let it remind you of your spirit. And begin to scan your body and take note of any areas that you're holding tension. Maybe wiggle your toes. Maybe loosen your fingertips. Loosen your fingers. Move them a little bit. Drop your shoulders just a little. Sometimes we hold them up without even being aware. Just drop them a little bit. And if you're sitting or standing, I want you to just straighten your posture and begin to breathe from your belly and listen to these words. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. This is from the writing of Paul in the letter he wrote to the Ephesians. 
in chapter one. Or I should say, he, with his vocation to speak of God's grace, was just reflecting Jesus's voice. So this is where that joint participation comes in. I want you to notice the purpose statement for the heart to be enlightened. Continue to think about that. The prayer is that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Again, we see that theme of light. There are some things to know. There are some things to see, to perceive. As you meditate upon just welcoming the eyes of your heart to be enlightened in order that you may know, I want you to consider the three aspects that were mentioned. To know the hope, to know the riches, to know his incomparable great power. Pause and choose one of the three that most resonates. Linger in meditation. Savor a different rendition of a response that you would typically give if this is a very familiar passage to you. Allow yourself to incessantly interact with it unhurriedly and do it in such a way where you invite kindness and curiosity. This is love because love is patient and it is kind and so many things that free us from angst and free us from the very things that become barriers to the things that we already have, to the things that we've inherited. And with that, I want you to breathe again and allow yourself to be reminded of your spirit. Let it encourage you as you lean in and rest in the presence of the one who guides you into your vocation in all of its evolution of your lifetime. As you've been taking this journey, I want you to just stop for a moment and consider with me who has come to mind that you want to share this episode with. And I want you to make sure that you do just that. Whether you take a screenshot of it and then send it to someone's way, um, or you post it on your social media channels. But I want you to invite someone else into what you have been journeying through and what you are processing. And with that, this is really a great segue to let you know we're going to spotlight the sharing of another woman who dares to be brave and courageous. I call it the spotlight of she did that. And so with that, let's transition and look at how another woman is calling us into a space in her own life 
where she is imperfectly and beautifully embodying her life voice. Dear sister, a talk about self-acceptance and body image by Stephanie Haskell. Living life in the body is sometimes a strange thing, isn't it? Our body image alone is influenced by a barrage of competing messages from without and within. We may have a growing public awareness of self-acceptance. We may no longer be silent about the media's unattainable beauty standards. But if, we, if we've been stewing in these messages for years, they're not easy to shake off, are they? Thank you for sharing, Stephanie. Stephanie is a friend, a lover of Jesus, a wife, a mother, a poet, and writer, and those are just descriptions. She is a human with a big heart, and you can read that entire blog post. The link is in the show notes, but please discover her light-bearing beauty on her website where she writes about life on the hopeful journey. And you can also chat with her about all things writerly on Instagram. She's at Stephanie Askow, and that's also in the show notes. So have you called in or sent in your She Did That submission? It can virtually be anything. No pun intended. Thank you so much for joining me on this Soul Briety Pilgrimage. Thank you for letting me guide you, teach you. Thank you for letting me also learn alongside you how to engage this fascination and this focus on your, our embodied narrative. So this is what we have to look forward to in this season. So let's do it as soul care advocates that begin with our own advocacy of full embodied living. Shalom. Share the mom's podcast with your friends. Jesus is always with your heart and he loves you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.